Inflation is an increase in the money supply that robs us of our purchasing power and makes us all relatively poorer. No one likes inflation, so what if we could flip inflation on its head? And instead of having an inflating currency, what if we could develop deflationary assets that would decrease in supply and make us all richer and increase our purchasing power? It seems like a surefire way to prosperity, but... Unfortunately, that's simply not how things work, and we're going to be talking all about that in today's video. Hey everyone, and welcome back. This is the Part-Time Economist, and in today's Halloween-themed video, we are talking all about spooky, scary scarcity. This is something that's especially prevalent in cryptocurrency. We talk about assets that have a fixed supply, right? Bitcoin will only have 21 million Bitcoin. A lot of NFT projects, they only have a certain amount of NFTs. And the theory behind a lot of this is that if we can fix supply or even make supply deflationary, we can almost guarantee that the price is going to go up because there's less available. However, there's a couple errors in this line of thinking, which we're going to examine with some basic economic theory because I don't want any of you to get carried away with the hype and the excitement. So let's jump into the video. I just want to give a very brief outline. Uh, we're going to start off by talking about basic supply and demand economics, so kind of a review there. After that, we will talk about some actual deflationary assets that have existed in cryptocurrency and how they performed. And then lastly, we will wrap up with some of my analysis as far as how this all impacts cryptocurrency, NFT projects, play to earn gaming, all of those things. So with that being said, a lot of people will say that scarcity means that an asset is going to go up in price. And that is true. However, people have a definition of scarcity that isn't the way economists actually think about scarcity. Scarcity does not mean something is limited in supply. I can create a drawing and post it here. I am a terrible artist. And if no one wants that drawing, even though there is only one of them, it's not going to be scarce. So scarcity isn't simply a limited or fixed supply, but rather a disequilibrium between supply and demand. In other words, something is only scarce if there are more people willing to buy it than there are items that are actually available. So I could have something with a quantity of one, that's not scarce because no one wants to buy it. I could also have something with a quantity of 10 trillion that could still technically be scarce if there's more than 10 trillion people wanting to buy or, you know, enough people added up so that the total orders were over 10 trillion. Um, but with that being said, let's go over some basic economics here. We have a simple graph. This is straight out of a Econ 101 textbook. On the left, you're going to have your price, and on the bottom, you're going to have quantity. Now, what you'll notice is that on this graph, there are two arrows. The green arrow goes up, the blue arrow goes down. Now, the green arrow is our supply curve. Essentially, what this means is that the higher the price of something goes, the more we are willing to supply. You can think of this in your own life. If someone said they're going to pay you $5 to show up to work, 
you probably wouldn't even show up. You're, it's not worth my time. If someone paid you 15, 16, 17 bucks, you might show up to work because that's good money and that's your job. But if someone was paying you a thousand dollars an hour, well, some people would only work one hour, but many people would work more, save up that money, and then just retire. The idea here is that the higher the price, the more you are willing to produce. Now, the blue arrow goes downward, and that represents the higher price something is, the lower quantity people demand. If a McLaren or something like that is a hundred thousand zillion dollars, there's going to be very few people that can afford it. On the flip side, if it drops down to thirty thousand dollars, many more people will be able to afford that item. So, the more the price goes up, we produce more, but the more the price goes up, also the fewer that we buy. Those two lines eventually meet in the middle, something known as market equilibrium. So we kind of have this initial starting point where supply is equal to demand. What inflation does is it moves that supply curve. So the green arrow you can see here, it moves to the right. And when that arrow moves to the right, you can see the intersection between those. It leads to an increased quantity because it's moving to the right and a lower price because it's moving downward on the graph. So as we continue to inflate the price of our assets, right, the dollar, it goes down in value. So uh, key takeaway here, assuming a constant demand, increased supply pushes price lower. So let's just flip that around, right? Why don't we just have a deflationary cryptocurrency or fiat currency? Either one, I suppose, could apply. What we would do with that is we would essentially be shifting that supply curve, remember the green arrow, to the left. And we can see it works in theory. Every time we shift to the left, we increase the price of our asset. In this case, we're increasing the price of our crypto or our fiat, which makes it more valuable. It increases our purchasing power. So what are some examples of deflationary cryptocurrencies? Well, one of the first that I heard about was called the bomb token. I want to be clear. I'm not recommending it. I'm not disrecommending it. It's just the first one that I heard of and they have some good documentation. So that's why I'm sharing it. There were originally 1 million bomb tokens created, and the idea was that each time you did a transaction with this token, 1% of the transaction is destroyed. So in contrast to something like the dollar, which is inflationary, or even if we think of Bitcoin eventually having that cap of 21 million Bitcoin, um, that I guess we could consider that a neutral crypto, uh, this was inherently deflationary. So supply was continually decreasing. Again, we looked at the economic theory. By all the theory, the price of that asset should go up, right? Because supply never increases. So how did bomb token actually do? Well, if the goal was maintaining purchasing power, I would say that it didn't quite live up to the expectation. But the answer, or sorry, the question is why? And the answer to that is that when we do supply and demand analysis, we assume something known as ceteris paribus. It's Latin. You'll hear economics teachers always like to say this. Um, the actual Latin doesn't really matter. What matters is uh, what it actually means to us. And what it means is that other things are equal, right? So we're only looking at price and quantity demanded. We're not taking into account changing customer preferences. We're not 
taking into account regulation, anything like that. So in reality, what we would expect is that we shift that supply curve to the left because we're deflating the supply and we move from that initial equilibrium to an equilibrium with a higher price. So far, things are working as they're supposed to and we reach this gold star for the new equilibrium. However, not only does the supply curve shift, but in the real world, the demand curve itself can actually shift. And if the demand curve decreases, if less people want something for whatever reason, right? Maybe they don't like the cryptocurrency. Um, maybe they thought it was a scam. Whatever the case, if demand falls, that demand curve shifts downward as well. So we actually reach a new equilibrium at this purple star. So even though supply was deflationary because of the decreased demand, we are actually at a lower price than before, which you can see with the, uh, the bomb token essentially what happened. So what are the implications of this? The key thing here is that simply destroying supply doesn't increase the price. Remember, if I create five paintings that are absolutely garbage and I start burning them one by one, the price doesn't go up. No one's offering to pay me for them. Um, with that, projects and coins must have equal or increasing demand. So if a cryptocurrency is in error, let's, let's start backwards here. If a cryptocurrency is neutral, no more is created, no more is destroyed. If it's purely neutral, then to have a stable price, demand has to remain constant. Now, if demand goes up, price goes up. If a cryptocurrency is deflationary, demand has to remain the same, right? So demand is constant, uh, quantity falls, price goes up, or demand can increase. Now, this is where things get really tricky because if you have an inflationary asset, such as the US dollar or many cryptocurrencies are actually inflationary, um, not only does demand have to remain constant, but it has to increase quicker than your increasing supply. And this is something that I really think about when I consider play to earn gaming. Because with play to earn gaming, the idea is you play a game, you earn some rewards. Now, those rewards are constantly being generated by the game. Those rewards are inherently inflationary. So if you want the prices of your assets in a game to go up, what does that mean? Demand cannot just remain constant. Demand for those assets has to increase, right? Not just for the tokens or coins that you're earning, um, but a lot of people will say, well, I have these cards, these NFTs, they are deflationary, but what do games do? They always release new card sets. So I would argue that your assets themselves um, in many cases are inflationary as well. So you have inflationary assets, you have inflationary crypto, which means in order for price to go up, when there is an inflationary asset, demand has to increase. So the takeaway, the implication of this is well, there's a lot of takeaways. Um, if you have a deflationary asset, right, like the bomb token, right? If demand decreases, that doesn't necessarily mean price will go up. So let's think about things in three categories. Deflationary assets, you need demand to remain constant. Inflationary assets, demand 
must increase, right? It has to increase if you want your prices to go up. Neutral assets, again, if you're neutral, demand is constant, you're not really making any changes, demand has to increase. So the only possible circumstance in which demand does not have to increase is with a deflationary asset. And even with deflationary assets, um, you can't have demand decrease or your price is going to go down as well. So I actually want to get into play to earn gaming a little bit more. I think that'll be a separate video because this one's already getting pretty long. But join me in the next video because we're also going to be talking about play to earn gaming kind of some of the inherent economics going on with that. But uh, video is long enough for today. I really do appreciate you watching.